Letters in chili. I don't know anything that I want to get tattooed on my uh, fingers. C H I L I. That no, it has to be on. It has to be a four letter word. You your thumb doesn't count. You got five fingers, five letters in chili. It's perfect. That that wouldn't work. I yep. the only thing. No, I mean. You could do nuff said. You could do nuff said on your knuckles or on your fingers, but I just think that's a little corny. Yeah, I hadn't figured out. No, I'm not going to go that route, but I do like having tattoos on my hands or on my hand. I think I'm going to get both my hands fully tattooed. What is it about having tattoos on your hands that appeals to you? I, you know, I don't know. I just like it. I think it's just, I just like it. I've always liked hand tattoos. Yeah, and and there ain't no going back from it. When you get a hand tattoo, you ain't finna get a job nowhere. So you you just gonna you just gonna have to be an entrepreneur. It's kind of like going all in. You know, it's a it's a sign that you've went all in. Well, one day when he needs to get a job, he'll say, "Biscuit, I can't get a job. I've got <laughs> tattoos on my. What do you want me to do? I've got <laughs> tattoos on my hands." I'd have to go back in the military. <laughs> they probably wouldn't take you either. The old military. Yeah, you're probably right. They probably wouldn't take you anymore. Yeah. If you had tattoos on your hands. It's easier to get in the Space Force. Who are you? <laughs> Dude, all right, man. You said you had some stories. Yeah, well, I, I, I've been I, on. I want to hear what the crap's wrong with you, man. Well, I've been on assignment. That's chilly, by the way, for you guys that are listening. You actually sound a little better now. Well, good. I've been out there yelling. Maybe cleared some of it out. But they told me there's no going back from this. Well, let me start from the beginning if I've got the floor here. it's. I, I've, I've been waiting to hear this all morning. I don't think this will be super easy on the ears. Uh, so I'm not going to try to talk for super long, but I'm going to get this story out and then give you all the floor. No, that's the point of a podcast. Is yeah, talk. well, so but tell I us don't, the whole story. But I don't sound great, so, you know. No, you sound great. It's you not, just don't sound like yourself. It's not easy on the ears. So I've been on assignment. That's what we call it in the, spa- in the force. Force is short for space force. And I was on assignment in Fort Allen, Indiana. And... Can't believe you just divulged the location. Yeah, I'll tell it all. I don't freaking care. We we ain't that classified. Not not that many people listen to this anyway. We're not that elite. We're not the the SEAL teams, you know. We're just the lowly old Space Force. Just doing intergalactic stuff, you know. Not like that's important. But uh, we were on assignment. It was a 15-day assignment. And a digression here, I gained 15 Four pounds in 15 days. That's over a pound a day. I resolved back in August to eat more donuts, more Krispy Kreme hot and ready's, and I've been sticking to that resolution. There's there's another. You took that into space? I thought you had to, I thought the food you guys ate were dehydrated. No. Space is fake, by the way. Let me just go ahead and divulge that. I said I was not going to hold anything back. We do all our training on the ground because the dang space ain't even real. Did you know space can fold? Yeah, it can't. Black holes don't exist. That works in with the fold space theory. Not real. Anyway, I'll tell you all in just a minute. They took a picture of it. It won't take long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Took a picture of nothing. Did it fold hot dog or hamburger style? Hey, how you take a picture of nothing? Space fold, When space folds, 
it's it folds into the fourth dimension. Yeah. There has to be a fourth dimension because there's nowhere else for space to fold into. Yeah, there is a fourth dimension, and there's okay. there's ten dimensions. Actually, eleven. There's eleven known. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, that's not space. Space is this mythical thing that we we've painted up in the clouds where we put the moon and all this crap. It's fake. Anyway, asteroids are fake too. But that's what our assignment was was to work on these to to work on these asteroids that might hit earth supposedly you know we're at constant threat of asteroids that might hit the earth and cause a a cataclysmic event and all this stuff so we were working on scenarios of how we're going to blow those up before they hit us and so part of that but you weren't in no no we were on the ground the whole time fort allen indiana (laughs) yeah ain't that interesting yeah freaking bunch of crap asteroids they ain't even real Anyway, just more fear-mongering for the public. So, anyway, some of that scenario, it puts us in a chamber, all right, and runs simulations on how we're going to feel if we're in space. <laughs> Why don't just put us in space? Well, yeah, exactly. Budget cuts. Yeah. So, this, this, this simulator, they said, well, I spent 72 hours in a simulator, all right? Simulator. Simulator. And... Uh, 72 hours, all we could bring in there was, was water. Nothing else is allowed in there because supposedly, you know, like Chad said, you can't bring food in space. Uh, sitting yeah. there on the ground in a simulator. But they said, you know, you can't bring anything else. You know, if you, if you dip, you can't, can't bring that in. No tobacco products. No, no c- cigarettes, cigars, cigarillos, none of that. Well, you know, I'm a big cigar smoker, so I said, well, that ain't going to work 72 hours. I got to bring something in there. And You probably got that same cigar we yeah. we got in Utah. And they told me, they said, well, if you smoke in there, it's going to, the, the pressure of this chamber, it's going gonna, it's gonna to send your lungs and your throat and your esophagus and all that. And I said, okay. Of course, I did it anyway. And uh, they were right. That's why my voice sounds like this. But um, the rest of the training, we spent in different kind of simulators, doing all kinds of stuff. Never went into space. Ain't that interesting? That is wild. Yeah. Wouldn't that be? I didn't know you guys did all your training here on Earth. Yep. All of it. Huh. Well, we can't do it in a place that don't exist, Chad. Have they told? But they're telling you guys it it exists. Well, of course they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because there couldn't be a space force without... The existence of space. Well, I mean, they obviously, we obviously know the intel that it's not real. I mean, yeah, they kind of, they kind of do it like, but sometimes they pretend like we're just the public and they talk to us like the public, like, oh yeah, you know, space is real. <laughs> and uh, we're just supposed to act like these dumb citizens out there who believe it's real and believe there could be an asteroid that hit us or a possible alien invasion. But no, I mean, we're all aware that it's not real. It's just the public that's in the dark. And I'm trying to, even though I'm still in and could get probably put underneath the jail for this, I'm uh, trying to let everybody know the the reality of the situation. As you talk about the moon and the you're, space and everything, it's freaking not real. You're a daggone whistleblower, man. I know. That's why me and Trump aren't on good terms right now. He's a daggone whistleblower. Yep. Um, do y'all know, who who's the whistleblower? Uh, Snowden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edward Snowden. Russia just granted Edward Snowden citizenship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Edward Snowden's not really in Russia. Um, He's not really real. 
No, he's a real guy, not in Russia, though, by the way. Uh, so what is it that when we look up at the, in, well, really day or night, but what is it that we're seeing when we look up and see stars and blackness and the moon and all that? What, what are we actually seeing? Hologram. It's just a projected image. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Ain't that something? Now, not all of it is. They put they put simulated images out there to fool the public. However, some of what you're seeing is natural. It's just not in space. It's just above the, the, the clouds, above the sky. They act like there's this di- different atmosphere out there than the one we live in, and it just ain't that ain't that ain't the case. Well, you know, that makes actually makes total sense. Yeah. That actually makes total sense because, see, I've you thought about this. You think I'm feeding this. you a bunch of bull crap? No, I've thought about this, and this lines up with my conclusion that I've drawn, okay? So, you guys know, every night, you can look up in the sky, and you see the same constellations. No kidding. You see the same stars, okay? Now, if Earth is not only, they say, spinning on its axis but also revolving around the sun, when you looked up at the night sky, as the sun, as the earth moves around the sun, you would be seeing different constellations throughout the year. You, you wouldn't see the same exact constellations. Well, that works off the premise that the earth is a, a sphere which we've established multiple times on this show that it's not. Um, yeah. Get a lot of hate for that, but. So it, it, for just the very simple fact that we're seeing the exact same constellations every night in the night sky, and they're in the same places. I mean, people use the stars to navigate. That in itself proves that we are looking at a projected image that's being replicated day no, it's after day. it's not a projected image. Well, a it's hologram. Just what's ahead of our? No, it's not all hologram. It's just what's above the sky. People think they've made up this invention of space. Yeah, not real. But that should it. Yeah, according to what the public is being taught. Yeah, fed. Yeah, it, that that it doesn't even line up with what we see. No, it's insane that people believe this crap. That people believe the the common ideals about space. So, y'all are the smartest idiots I know. <laughs> like, truly. You just don't, yeah. Truly. You don't think deeply enough. See, this is the kind of stuff me and Chili think about. All right? And there's 11 dimensions. Yeah, 11 known. Okay. All right. There well. could be more. I mean, I don't know. I don't know nothing. Look, I, I'm not some guy who acts like he knows anything. So... We think we know 11 as of now, maybe more. We may find out there's actually not 11. Dude, could you imagine seeing an, ele- in seeing an image that was in a reality with 11 dimensions? Your brain couldn't process it. Well, not with its current faculties. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's pretty cool, man. Well, brother, we're glad to have you back. If you guys don't know, Chili's been out. He's been on mission, and uh, he's back in the house. What do you think about all this, Instructor Crystal? 
It's fun to listen to. Do That's you, good. Do you, do you have any thoughts or inputs? On no, I want to know what Chili thought about recently in the news. It was said that NASA just sent something out. First time they targeted an asteroid and destroyed it and hit it just recently. Did you hear about that? Well, that's, that's what we were. That was our training. Quote Is that unquote. what you were doing? That's what we were doing. Yeah. That was propaganda. We didn't actually. So you didn't actually destroy the asteroid? No. But that is what, see, I mean. That was the lamest video I've ever seen that y'all put out of that thing that you shot up there. Supposed to have been hitting that asteroid. Yeah. Did, it, that, I mean, I uh, think a two-year-old could have made a better. Looked faker and crap, that. didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a good thing that so much of our population is smooth brain. Well, yeah. They're not that hard to fool. They took like four pictures and it was like, it, it looked like the old things you would look through and. And click the yeah. button and the picture yeah. would move. Like the stop motion animation yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, we got cameras good enough to show a, an ant from from here to Utah. And we can't we can't get a picture that's better than a potato from space. So y'all explain that to me. Yeah. Looked like they would have filmed, uh, had another camera filming that hitting the asteroid. Instead of putting the camera on the thing that actually hit it. How stupid is that? Yeah, wouldn't you think that would be exploded? After it hit the, <laughs> I mean, use your dang heads, Tardos. Sent something that, when they say 14,000 miles an hour, hits the asteroid and, uh, and we still got and the footage. still got the footage. And how about all that outstanding footage they got from the moon landing way back in the, what, the 60s? 70s. The 70s? Maybe 80s. No. No, it was earlier than the 80s. 60s, 60s is what I thought. Yeah, they got all that outstanding footage from the moon landing way back then when technology was not even a quarter of what it is now. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense, too. Well, Blake, you've had one heck of a deer season. <laughs> you have yeah. had one heck of a deer season. I'm learning a lot. Now, this is, th this is going to lead us into our topic for the day. Hmm. Tell the people about your deer season, Blake. Well, this is the first year I've bow hunted. Well, seriously bow hunted. As a kid, I would do a little bit, but I found a good spot behind my house here to hunt where I'm actually seeing deer. Hold on. You mean I found a good spot behind your house? Well, yeah. Just, Two it, years ago. It's actually Chad's house that I live in. but um, It's my hunting spot, too. Yeah. So, anyways, we hunted back there, and <clears throat> the first hunt, I had some fawns come in on me. Chad was also hunting, and he got mad that I didn't shoot those baby fawns. Yeah. And so a doe came in, and I thought, well, I'm going to shoot this doe. And I shot her right in the head, because that's the only shot I had, and killed her, killed her dead. That's then a hammer. Now, 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 when he says he shot this deer in the head, he don't mean like he just, like shot her in the side of the head or like the neck or nothing like that like he he me, he messaged me said he had killed a deer shot a deer and i said well i'm gonna come down out of my stand i'll walk over and help you track the deer and then he calls me and says no i shot this deer in the head right in the pineal gland and, and i was like oh well he must have like hit her in the side of the head or the neck or something i walk over there and this deer Looks like a unicorn with an arrow 
for a for a horn. He literally shot this deer smack dab in the forehead. I've hunted all my life, bow hunted since I was 13, 14 years old. I have never seen this happen. Right smack in the forehead. And I said, man, did you do that on accident? He said, no. That's where I meant to shoot her. I couldn't believe it. Well, I had drew back, and she took a forever to come out where I thought she was going to come out. And so I'd done been drawn back holding it for like, probably 30 or 40 seconds and i thought well she'll come out and turn broadside and i'll have a good shot and she didn't she just kept coming toward me and i thought man if i hold this thing back much longer i'm just gonna get so shaky i won't even be able to shoot so i just thought i'll just shoot her in the head and so i let it rip (laughs) and i hit her in the head and put her down i'm talking about square in the forehead by the way listeners i do not recommend taking that shot at any time in your bow hunting career. But somehow he pulled it off. So I killed that one. I hunted a little bit more. and I taught him how to skin it out and taught him how to process the deer and all that afterwards. I got him up to speed, so now he can hunt by himself. So he's been, been, been a long... Well, I don't know that we ever quartered a deer as kids. We would always gut them and take them to the processor. Maybe with Joey... But the only reason to gut a deer is if, if you got to move the whole body of the deer a long ways. Or if you're taking it to the processor. Yeah. So, yeah, we pull it out, quarter it up. Chad smokes a hind quarter. Turns out real good. Get the back strap and front quarters off of it. I will say that was good meat. It I was. think that meat was so good because you, you shot that deer in the head. It just put it put it right down. It didn't have a bunch of adrenaline and, and crap going through its head. Yeah. Horse muscles. Except an arrow. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, continue to hunt and see plenty of deer and don't I don't really get any good shots or anything like that. And I hunt over at Dad's. No, no. You 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 skipped the one. You skipped the day. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. We was me and Chad was hunting behind the house. This was the next um notable hunt. And I'm sitting up there and about 6.30, 6.45, I hear something over. Chad's hunting about probably 200 yards from me, and it just like, and I thought, huh, well, I'm, surely I didn't hear his bow shoot from way over here. There's no way. It's impossible. So I just rode it off as nothing, and the deer comes out for me, the similar spot that I killed that first one, and I draw back. I'm hunting with a thumb release. And she comes out in a different spot than I thought she would. And there's some vines and stuff. I couldn't get a shot. So I was going to move my thumb back around behind the trigger so I didn't accidentally shoot the bow off. And as I do, I do accidentally shoot the bow off and have an accidental discharge. Accidental discharge of a bow and arrow. And uh, so, and then- so then I... So, well, crap, they ran off, and I thought, dang, let me knock another arrow, because they didn't really get too spooked. They didn't blow or anything. And um, this, where, Where'd this negligent arrow go? Yeah, just into the ground. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'll give you the details on that in a minute. Clear and safe. Uh, I'm giving the details, son. <laughs> so then I thought, well, let me knock another arrow, and I'm hunting with this wrist release that uh, it doesn't have a wrist strap. Or no, I'm hunting with a thumb release. Doesn't have a wrist strap. You just hold on to it. 
and it falls out of my hand as I go to knock another air and I drop my release to the bottom of the stand. And so no, he can't even pull his bow back. So I just get out of my stand and go back and I text Chad. Chad sees me coming through the field and he says, Oh, what happened? And I said, I had accidental discharge and he said, You crapped your pants? And I, I said he crapped his pants. Said no. <laughs> then crap my pants, man. I've been shooting bows since I was a kid, and I've never shot my bow off on accident. So I just assumed he had crapped his pants. I have crapped my pants before. And anyway, so I get back, and I uh, sitting outside eating my dinner while Chad's still hunting. I look out there, and here comes this doe just blistering it across the field. And Chad comes out a little bit later, and he uh, had missed a nice eight pointer. That was what I heard. He missed it and hit a tree. Um, apparently, is like not even close to the deer. I don't know, but now he don't accidentally shoot, but he will miss. Yeah, <laughs> terrible <laughs> miss. He said, "I don't even know where in that deer's zip code, son." So then he spooks those deer. They're never to be seen again. The bucks. He he spooked them off. They won't come back to no, this he property just can't again. See a buck. And then a, a doe comes in. And he shoots again and misses the doe, too, also. Just barely missed her. And so he just flings, like, 15 arrows in there. A bunch of deer don't hit none of them. Just runs the whole herd off. And he comes out with his head hung low and is all sad and whining about it. And Anyway, so, so that was the next so notable So you, you asked what happened to that arrow that he accidentally had discharged. Yeah. Well... He's standing over here eating his dinner when I come back in, and he's got an arrow with him. And he said, oh, I picked this up. He said, but, man, this don't look like my arrow. He got down out of his stand, was looking for his arrow, and found an arrow that I had shot and missed a deer in the exact same spot last year. Yeah. So he found my arrow that was a year old. It was actually the exact same arrow that I shoot. It just has different color fletching. So I pulled it out and I thought, okay. And I got back and I thought, wait a minute, this looks a little bit different. I never did find my arrow. I still, still hadn't found it. And so anyways, it, it that, continues. That was that this hunt. Is not, we're not even a month deep into deer season, and it continues. So, lesson learned there. I uh, put a wrist strap on my release, and I moved my thumb trigger where it's not quite sticking out so far, so now I can much easier, uh, much more easily get it around to the backside of the thumb release should I need to do that again. And then, so, I hunt behind Dad's house, and I can't divulge the entirety of this story, but the gist of it is that I drew back on a deer a little bit late. I couldn't see through my peep sight too good, but it was close, and I thought, I'm going to let her rip. And I do. And I uh, Now, this was a buck, right? Yeah, a little buck. And I actually hit it in one hind quarter, so way far back. But it's enough to cripple him. And he doesn't go real far, and I end up ending it for him. And we can't talk about the details of that ending, but to kill him and get him, he, he'd probably run about 50 yards. And uh, so terrible shot. Lesson learned there. I need a bigger peep. And if you can't see through your peep, just let her back down. He'd learn how to cut something's throat. Yeah. Well, 
He had a little bit of life in him. That's right. <laughs> he had a for y'all that don't hunt and you're listening, the hind quarter means the back leg. He yeah. hit this deer in the back leg. Yeah, you may have had a little life in him. Go freaking knock him upside the head. Go to his throat. I put him down, but... Um, so After he called me and you, said, how do I kill this thing? You go, I didn't ask you, you how go, to kill him. You, you go wrestle him. That's what you do. I Play. said, how long do these deer... Because I could see him. Back over to the pickup truck. But I he'll, couldn't see where I hit die. it. And I said, how long these deer usually take to die after you shoot them with a bow? Because everyone I've ever killed has just died like that. Well, usually you don't hit them in the, the ankle, so. <laughs> he's talking about the one he's killed that he shot in the head. Yeah. Just that, died like that. That was everyone I've ever killed with a bow. They've always just dropped right on the spot. And uh, he said, I get about 30 minutes an hour and it'll, it'll be dead. And it wasn't. So, well, he told me the dang deer was bleeding all over the place. It was bleeding bad. Had a big old blood trail. So, but he was crippled enough that he wasn't going to go too far, but he also wasn't going to die too quick. So, we ended that one. And what, I mean, what are you trying to get at here? That you're the master guru hunter and that you all <laughs> no, knowing? Sounds like, sounds like all you've I, done is miss. I, I haven't got to talk about my misses yet. I'll talk about that after you're done. My season hadn't been quite as exciting as yours. And so, I hunt again a few more times, see some deer. No shots. I hunted last night, and I had a doe come in. Perfect. I seen her coming from afar. She kind of looped around. I lost sight a little bit. She come in about 20 yards. Walked behind a big oak tree. I drew back. Was following her. She stopped 20 yards. Perfect, perfect shot. Let it rip. Just skimmed her back. Shot high. Gave her a haircut. And, uh. They fed on. I mean, she was with another deer. And she kind of hopped over the fence. There's an old barbed wire fence there. She jumped over it and kind of fed around and made a big circle. Went out, came back, looped back around. I don't know why they did that. but And then four more deer came through, no shots. And so I got down and went and got my arrow. It had a little bit of meat on it, but there was hardly any blood, so I couldn't have hit her, hit her too good. So... I don't know what happened with that. I think maybe I just got a little too anxious, probably. And uh, and also, I probably need to shoot from a from a tree stand a little bit and maybe see if my bow's hitting the same as yeah. uh, as on the ground. So I've learned quite a bit in this bow season. I mean, I've gotten a lot and seen a lot of deer, gotten to shoot at a lot of animals, and learn a lot really quick. I mean, normally anybody else take them five seasons to shoot that many deer, uh, but but I have killed two. <coughs> I've shot it. I've drew back on four. Yeah. Accidental discharged on one, killed two, and skimmed one. So I'm about fifty fifty. Well, well, you you killed one. Oh no, I killed a, two. Well, one with a bow. You other, killed other, one with a bow. The other with a truck. I killed two deer. Yeah. <clears throat> the bow was just the um, was just the beginning of putting that one down, so that I could get to it to get to actually end it. So. Uh, that ain't a certified bow kill. No, that ain't a certified bow kill. Oh okay, yeah. Okay, I'll give him. I'll give him. He's killed two. He ain't made a single good shot. <clears throat> the headshot sounds pretty epic. The, the head. It is epic, but that does not work. That's a, that is a bad shot. Oh, it worked. Great. 
<laughs> that is what bad you would, shot says the guy who ain't killed a single thing that, that is what you would call an unethical shot that's the most ethical shot you can make the 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 likelihood of that arrow hitting that deer square in the forehead like it did when you shot it is extremely low well where would it have hit that would have made it unethical most of the time that arrow is going to be angled in some some way because of the way the deer's turned to you or the way you're positioned. And what's going to happen is when that arrow strikes the skull. Hold on. How many times have you done this? It's going to deflect <laughs> off the skull. Have you, you shot this, at the deer a lot to know that that happens? I mean, know, have you? you know, deer, deer have soft skulls, so it ain't going to deflect. He acts like he's oh, shot at a deflect. bunch of deer in the, no. at the head and, and they've deflected a lot. No, this no is ma- a theory he's no got. No matter what I angle you killed, hit, they got soft skulls and I, smooth brains. I have killed so many big bucks, I could fill a wall in here with horns. Y'all better listen to me when it comes to this deer. And you ain't never so. shot at none of them in the head, so you can't say that it's going to yeah, deflect or anything. Every deer I shoot's got a massive rack, and I don't want to mess the head up. Every deer? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Okay, so yeah, I mean that's that's my deer season this year. It's been fun and learned a lot. Okay, I've made some. I've been pretty. I've considered just stopping because I've made a couple bad shots, but I don't know. No, you got to stick with it, man. You, yeah, you're but, you're working through it. You're learning. Are you going to kill your first deer this year, Krista? <laughs> uh, I don't know. You've never taken me. Well, you're welcome to hunt anytime we go. We'll see. Maybe. I just feel like you don't have a lot of drive in you to hunt. You got that hunting drive? <laughs> I got some curiosity. I don't know if I have the drive. Okay. What are you curious about? Just what it would be like. Yeah. Well, if you want to know, you can ask Chili. <laughs> he killed his well, first deer last year. Ask me. What do you mean? You had the full experience, though. Well, let me let me tell y'all why I missed. Yeah, I, I missed two deer in one sit, an eight pointer and a doe in one sit. Both of these deer were in range. One was maybe ten yards. The other one was maybe fifteen, twenty max. Okay, that's getting a little out there for you. Well, look, I don't even know that I've ever missed a deer with a bow. Yeah, you just said I found your arrow from one you missed back there. <laughs> well, maybe that was one I killed. I think I killed a deer with that arrow. You in said that. the only deer you killed back here is in the woods at the ladder stand. Oh, maybe I have missed deer before. <laughs> you don't remember enough to even say anything credible. Okay. Quit talking about the past. I missed two deer in one sit. And let me tell you why. This year for me was going to be the year of the longbow. I was going to hunt traditional archery equipment all year this year. So I ordered me a very nice longbow from Black Widow Bows. Got it in. I'm out shooting a target in the yard and, you know, doing very well. 15, 20 yards. Um, And I missed two deer with my longbow in one sit. And let me tell you why I missed. There's a few reasons. The first one is because I have not, I, I, I was lazy and I did not adhere to the principle that I know to be true. That is train like you fight. 
I did all, I've done all my practicing for, for the three months leading up to this season, every single day, shooting my bow, most days, twice a day, all of it been standing flat-footed on the ground. Every single bit of it. And every single bit of it's been in a t-shirt or whatever I was wearing that day, okay? I simply was freaking lazy because I didn't want to go out and set a dang stand up in my yard and, and have to climb up and down that stand to get my arrows after every set I shoot. And I was, you know, it's different. Shooting from a stand in elevated position, especially as high as we climb in a tree, we climb 20 feet up high in a daggone tree. It's different. Just even the way the animal looks, it's just a different angle. That's one reason I missed. Same deal. I, I'm out here hunting. I've got a dang big old ghillie suit on. Okay? I come back here in the yard, and I'm so daggone pissed about missing these deer. Blake's got a target out here. I said, I'm going to shoot this dang bow and see why the crap I'm missing. Well, I got this freaking ghillie suit on. I draw back. I take a shot. Guess what happens? When the string comes forward, it's getting tangled in this ghillie suit on my arm. Because all that suit's hanging off my arm. Did not throw every one of my shots off left. Yeah. Every shot was throwing left. Because when I'm releasing the string, it's getting hit on that freaking ghillie suit throwing my shots off. If I'd have been shot, if I'd have been shooting with what the crap I was going to hunt in, in my yard, I would have known that was going to happen. And I would have had a freaking arm guard on that would have kept that fabric pressed down to my forearm so my string wouldn't hit it. Y'all want to know what it really is? You ain't got that dog in you. You you can you can perform and look real good when you're standing there, when you're hydrated and well fed and got good sleep in the yard. And then when it's game time, yeah, you fold like a piece okay. of origami. I, I'm telling you, man, this is a huge lesson, man. Yeah, this is a huge lesson. Train, train like you fight, man. I know this. I freaking know this. The reason the reason that I don't do it, the reason any of y'all don't do it, is because it takes extra effort. And you're always going to default to freaking being lazy. If you run, if, you, if you're training for a 100-mile race, you need to freaking train with your vest on or whatever you're going to carry your water in and your gear in. You need to train in the shoes that you're going to run the race in. You need, you need to do all this just like I know this, man. I woke up this morning at freaking 4.45 and took my 60-pound mountain bike, loaded down with a bunch of stinking gear that for no reason, and rode 25, 22 or 23 miles to the daggone place where we were doing Team PT. You know why I did that this morning? Because I thought about missing them deer. I thought about it. Train like you fight. I thought about all those freaking mistakes, all that work that I had put in on the front end, being lazy, and how it didn't pay off when it was game day. And that's the reason I spent two hours last night loading that bike up with all that freaking crap that I didn't need any of it. And I got up at 4.45 and rolled, rode in the cold and in the dark with all my gear, 25, whatever it was, 22 miles or whatever. That's why I did that, because I thought about missing them deer. 
and I want to do this dang mountain bike ride in December. And I thought, you know what? If I don't do crap like I did this morning when it's game day in December and I go to do this ride, I'm going to screw it up. Because you know what I could have done this morning? I could have got up and took my other bicycle that ain't got nothing on it and I could have done the ride with it. You know what I'm saying? I thought about that, man. I'm telling y'all, I ain't joking about this, man. I'm going to tell you why else I missed. Sometimes you spend a lot of time trying to build a foundation of fitness, a foundation of skill, whatever the foundation is. You spend all this time building this foundation, and you think the foundation that you've built is solid, and then you go out, and when it's time to execute, you realize the foundation that you've built is not as solid as you thought it was. And my foundation that I had spent so much time building, improperly, by the way, shooting on the ground, shooting in a t-shirt, not doing things right, being lazy, that's why the foundation was shaky. And when it came game time, it crumbled. The foundation freaking crumbled because of my own laziness. And you know how upset that made me? No, you don't know how upset that made me. You don't even, you can't even comprehend it. Because you get to this point and then you realize, holy crap, I have tried to build this thing on a shaky foundation. And guess what that means? That means you got to back all the way back up to step one. All that freaking lazy work that you put in, all that freaking crap that you did building a shaky foundation, you just wasted all that time. If you would have done it right, if you would have put in the effort, if you would have put in that extra effort to do it right and build the foundation solid from the very beginning, it would have saved me. If I would have did that, it would have saved me months and this would have been my season to hunt with this traditional archery tackle. Okay? And that hurts, man. When you think you're ready and you ain't really ready and it's your fault. And then you got to back all the way back up to step one. But there's no other choice. You don't have any other choice. If you want to be successful, if I want to be successful... So that's what I've done. I'm still shooting my longbow every day, but I'm not going to bring it back to the woods because the foundation is not there. And I'm going to have to wait an entire year to try this again. Seriously, that freaking sucks, man. I spent freaking $1,500 on a longbow, man, and I can't even take it to the woods. Because of my own stinking fault. What y'all got to say about that? I think that's a good lesson learned. I think, you know, a lot of people might uh, experience failure, but not understand why. So just recognizing why, what the factors were, is a good start. I mean, I think I can see it. I know just from playing sports, I, I don't have the experience with the hunting, but just playing sports, that same principle applies. I know... 
when coaches run practices and during training, it drives me crazy as an athlete and to watch my kids be coached by people sometimes who don't run practices or training sessions in a way that simulates what they're actually going to be doing in a game. You, you often see coaches running drills where there's a lot of standing around and waiting or, um, you know, they might have people taking shots on goal like in soccer or shots in basketball and there's a lot of set shots that people take, but that's not the reality when you're playing in a game. In a dynamic situation, you know, people need to be shooting off the dribble and, you know, you need to be simulating what actually is going to be happening in a game, yep. you know, different angles, um, always in motion, always with the ball. And so it really does hurt players then when they get in those game time situations, because they don't know. Um, sometimes they don't know why they're failing. And if they were training, like you said, like they fight or like they play in the, in the game, then they'd be at such a better advantage. Yep. But a lot of people don't realize, I think, that factor and how key that is um, to their success. So just recognizing that as one step, but then also implementing that change like, oh, okay, this is how I need to uh, be training. This is how I need to be running my practices um, or doing this myself on my own time, you know, ask somebody, hey, feed me balls so I can turn and shoot, you know? And so I think that's a, a huge factor, not just in hunting and sports and probably other areas of life as well where we, we do have to put in that little extra work to think about what is the actual real-time scenario going to be like. Yep. And the extra work, that they, that's and that's the reason why those coaches run those practices that way, because it's easier to set up. Mm -hmm. It takes less innovation. It takes less people. It takes less work for the athlete. They run them that way for the same reason I made the mistakes I did. They run them that way out of convenience, right? But... Mm -hmm. What's crazy is you're talking about adding a little extra effort. You're putting in the time anyways. You're there. You're putting in the time to practice. You're talking about adding a little extra effort every day instead of being set back, for me, in my case, an entire year. It's freaking insane, man. Ha! <laughs> What's up, man? I mean, same thing could be said for me. Shooting from a, not shooting from a tree stand, not practicing, not shooting at dusk or dark, and realizing my peep wasn't big enough. The same things, uh, you know, those lessons learned could have been, could have made me get the deer more clean, made a better shot. I think just particular to, the hunt yesterday i don't i can't figure what i did wrong i don't know unless it's not shooting from the tree stand yeah that's probably what it is but i can't imagine that the arrow would have shot eight ten inches high from a tree stand yeah but 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 you got to understand like there's always going to be some error involved all right yeah there's all so you probably in, in, in just talking about a hunting scenario, you're gonna be a few inches off just through human error. Whether it's a bad trigger press, whether it's not having that pin right where it needs to be, right? So there's always gonna be human error. The reason you wanna so you wanna do things 
to significantly decrease the error that can be produced mm -hmm. from all other aspects of that scenario, which is, sh like you said, shooting from a tree stand. Control right? what you can control. Exactly. Basically. So you're going to decrease the, that, that two or three inches of difference from yeah. shooting from an elevated position because you're going to be dialed in from that. So what happened is that error combined with the human error yeah. that is prep that is present in everything that we do, those two compounded on each other to cause you to miss the shot. Yeah. When it was game time. Yeah. That's what happened. Um look, man, the times that I have been most successful in my life, the times that I have achieved uh, the things that I set out to do and achieve them on a high level. Every single time that I can reflect back, every single achievement, every single race that I did well at, every single event, every everything, I can look back and say, I trained specifically for that, right? If it was a, a, a race in, in, in a mountainous mountainous terrain, I would train specifically on those same gradients. Um, whatever the format was, whatever it was, those are the times I've been successful. So I just got freaking slapped in the face. You know what, man? I'm getting freaking soft. I'm getting soft. Let me tell you what. There ain't a daggone ounce in me. There, when, when my alarm went off at 445 and it was cold, I hate the cold. I hate it. There was not a single part of me that wanted to go mount up on that freaking piece of lead mountain bike that I got out there and ride. But you know what I've been thinking? Chad, you've been getting soft, man. You're getting dull. You're getting dull because you don't want to do the things. You have the luxury now of not doing the things that you don't want to do. And yeah, man, you can play into this whole thing. I've thought about this. You actually do what you want to do. What I've thought, man, what this morning, in, as a specific instance, what drove my action wasn't the want to do the activity. It was actually another want that drove my action. Exactly. There was an underlying I want to be sharper. I, I'm getting dull. I want to be sharper. So I'm going to do this thing that I don't want to do. But what's driving me to do the thing that I don't want to do is that underlying want and that underlying knowledge that, dude, you are freaking getting soft. What the well, crap is wrong with you, man? It's not, it's not about what you want to do. It's about who you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I just got slapped in the face, man. Well, you're coming around on it. That's the you're way. Dang right. That's the way it is. You do what you ultimately want to do. And the the the, the million dollar question uh, of the universe of the dimension that we're in is how 
how do you change what you want to do? Or how do you, how is that determined? That's what I don't have quite figured out yet, but I'm pretty dang certain about you do what you want to do. So the people who are lazy, they want to be lazy. And the people who get stuff done, they want to get it done. Now, whenever I figure out how to manipulate what you want, your own core desires, I'll report back to you. But that's exactly what you want to do. You got out of bed and did that because, yeah, a big part of you didn't want to do it, but more so you wanted to get that done because you're tired of being a fat, lazy piece of crap. You know the whole reason I'm doing this mountain bike ride? Well, you want to do it for some reason, probably because you're tired of just feeding your own... Because I don't want to do it. I'm literally Porper. doing this mountain bike ride. Because I, I, you know what I want to do? I would love to go run that route. That's what I want to do. All right. But you want to do something that you don't want to do more. Exactly. Because yeah. it's who you want to be. Exactly. You want to be somebody who does hard things. Yeah. Running it would be awesome. Mountain biking that freaking thing is going to be miserable. That's why I'm doing it. If that ain't enough for y'all to put in your freaking pipe and smoke it, then y'all need to go on somewhere else and listen to freaking Grant Cardone or some of these other heads out there, all right? Put that in your pipe and smoke it, son. 10X. 10X yourself. <laughs> Get you some real estate. You'll be the best. You can go be 10X over there. Or what are we? We're level 10 mountain bikers. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's what I had for today. I thought when you were going to start talking about the hunting, I thought where you were going to go was what we talked about at the basic course with this last team about aiming too long, the aiming and shooting. Mm. And I think that can even still apply to this, you know, even just... En enlighten e the listeners, Christian. Yeah, so That's I think one of the problems, this last team, we the last team we took on this last basic course, one of the problems that came up with them as a group is uh, they were pretty passive. And so I think they were the type of people who would aim, 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 and had a, a hard time pulling the trigger. And then you have other people in life who they shoot and then they aim. <laughs> and then you have people who shoot and then aim. But Aim and then shoot. Oh, sorry. Yeah, aim and then shoot. So, so you know, you have different people in life, and it's good to recognize what kind of person you are. Are you somebody who, you know, jumps in and is hasty and impulsive? Because that's not always wise. Um, you do need to aim before you shoot. But then you have people who fall off on the other end of the spectrum will, who will just aim forever and then just never pull the trigger or have a really hard time with that. Um, I probably lean that direction a little bit and ha have to work at um, taking a risk. So sometimes it's hard to take a risk. So I think it's good for people to, to identify, you know, wh where do I, what do I gravitate toward? What's my tendency? Um, because often if you're too far at one or other, the other end of that spectrum, 
it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost to you and it comes at a cost to the people who, you know, you interact with who are in your domain. Um, it, it comes at a cost. And so even talking about what you just did talk about of recognizing um, this is how I should be living. This is what I need to do to improve. I think a lot of people can probably hear what you're saying and say, yeah, 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 that's, that's great advice. And I'm going to think on that. But then all they do is think on it and all they do is reflect on it. And all they do is say, yeah, I'm going to do that. But then they never actually do it. And so, so I think it's not good enough to give assent, intellectual assent to an idea like that or some sort of analysis, but you have to actually do it. So don't spend all your time aiming. You actually have to pull the trigger and, um, so, yeah, so I think that even applies to what mm -hmm. you were just saying. Mm -hmm. You're exactly right. And one thing that I see for the people that do aim for too long is when they do decide to finally pull the trigger or take action, it's too late. Mm -hmm. It's too late. So that's what you were talking about, balancing that aim with the risk. Right. Because once you pull the trigger, there's no reeling it back in. Mm -hmm. So that's the risk that, mm -hmm. that the people that most people have a hard time taking. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, I think that's the even out on the basic course, that's the biggest thing. You 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 know, a team sees a problem, uh, whether it's in another teammate or in, in the situation or whatever it may be, and they wait so long wait to long. try to fix yeah. it that it just becomes too late to you know you you might you might gain a little advantage by fixing it but you're not going to get the maximum advantage uh the maximum result that you could possibly achieve from the action that you just took mm -hmm. yeah so. and then you also have people who do the opposite where they just jump in without actually taking a moment to assess the situation kind of organize their thoughts there was one person on the basic course this past weekend who we had to say, hey, just slow down, relax, you know, organize your thoughts before you speak. Because when yeah. you speak as a leader, you need to instill confidence in your teammates. And if you just kind of start blurting things out there and your thoughts are still disorganized, you're not actually being effective. Mm -hmm. And so there are some people who actually need to take a moment, gather themselves, aim a little bit, get organized, and then take action. Yep. So... Good stuff. You got anything else, Blake? No. Uh -uh. <clears throat> Chilly, you 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 not you don't have any deployments coming up. You gonna be around? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think I'll be here for a while. I think okay. uh, next uh, next May. Okay. So yeah, I've got a long time here on the home front. Roger that. A couple well, more asteroids headed for Earth. People are the people are glad to have you back. I'm sure. Well, I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, I'll be going again in May. Another assignment. Well, we love you guys. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate uh, all of you guys' support for Three Seven Project, especially our patrons on Patreon. Uh, you guys carry the load. You guys allow us to do what we do and uh, to create uh, stories and lessons learned and things to share with you. And uh, we just can't thank you enough. If you got anything out of this episode, 
If you enjoy listening, join us on Patreon. I have a whole other podcast over there called Enough Said. All right? Uh, If you want to join us over there, we're doing a lot of stuff on Patreon now. We're actually moving most of our content to that platform. They've got an app. It's just like a... Uh, a social media feed, right? Where you guys could comment and see what's see what's coming and see what's being posted. So it's a lot of fun. If you don't want to, that's fine too. Uh, at a minimum, if you got something out of the show, share it with somebody. I mean, is that too much to ask? So thank you. Oh, I do have something to say. Been getting a lot of messages about the the new running hats that sold out so quick. We've got them back in stock right now. So go to the website and get one if you missed out on that. It's the best dang running hat ever made. I got mine on right now. I had to mention that. Yeah, go get you a running hat while supplies last. And sign up for the dang race. Yeah. Y'all daggone smooth brain turds, man. (laughs) Got a 200 messages. Asked, y'all going to put on another race? We'll put on a dang race, man. Go sign up for it. Well, in their defense, it's a little late. Well, that's not an excuse. (laughs) Enough said.